Good to see you this morning. Uh, thank you for being here for class. Uh, let's take our Bibles this morning. Please turn to Revelation chapter 12. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 this morning. Gary, I think you mentioned last week that you were anticipating that last week's uh, lesson in chapter 11 was challenging. Uh, I think this one is challenging. <laughs> Yeah, this, this chapter is, 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 is challenging, but uh, we're going to do our best with the Lord's help and uh, see what I believe the Lord would have us to see here this morning, but uh, we better open in prayer this morning. Let's bow our heads, please. Father God, we thank you, Lord, this morning for who you are. Lord, we thank you this morning for our church. We thank you this morning for our salvation. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for each one who's come out this morning. Lord, I do thank you for this chapter. Uh, the fact that it's, it's challenging uh, does not discourage us. Lord, it, it, um, it forces us uh, to wrestle with it, to chew upon it, to meditate in it. Uh, Lord, to uh, pray. And so this morning, Lord, we do pray and ask you to uh, help us uh, guide our understanding, lead us into uh, a correct understanding of these things. Father, this morning I understand that this is a, a parenthesis of sorts in the uh, chronological flow of the book. Uh, there's things here that uh, you choose to reveal at this point, and uh, these are uh, important um, uh, revelations that uh, you offer to us here. Pray that you help me. Uh, to handle them as well as possible this morning. Lord, for your honor uh, and for your glory. Uh, Lord, work here uh, in these next few minutes, please. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Revelation 12, is that where you are? Please do have a Bible this morning. Grab a pew Bible if, if you need to, but uh, would ask you to have a Bible once you see these things for yourself this morning. Revelation uh, chapter 12. So as I prayed, Zach, this, is, this seems to be a sort of a continued... Uh, parentheses. It's, it's a break in the chronological timeline flow um, of the book. We've seen uh, this type of parentheses already where the Lord will kind of pause uh, the timeline and then reveal some things that uh, he chooses to reveal. Uh, uh, Rich, I think the Lord will have us to understand these things at this point so that going forward on the timeline, we're, we're equipped, we're armed uh, with an understanding um, to continue on um, in the timeline. So uh, I think that's probably uh, the idea. The Lord will pause the timeline, uh, teach some things, and then you continue uh, down the prophetic timeline armed with those things that the Lord uh, offered, uh, taught uh, in that, uh, that pause, uh, if you will. So uh, let's jump in here with that said. Uh, we'll see here this morning... Uh, some poetic language regarding Israel, uh, some poetic language regarding the history of Israel uh, and the fact that Christ came through, was, was birthed out of Israel, uh, the nation, the people and the nation, as was prophesied, of course. Uh, we see here this morning also some history regarding Satan, um, his uh, history in heaven, uh, his uh, having been expelled from heaven following his prideful uh, rebellion against the Lord. Uh, there does seem to be some kind of moving around, uh, both in theme and time, 
Uh, Gary, I think you, you mentioned that last week. It's a little bit hard to follow that, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best to handle that. Um, and then, um, of course, ultimately, the, the themes of Christ coming through Israel uh, and Satan do factor, Brother Ray, very prominently into the balance um, of the book. This all driving people to Christ, all, right? All the tribulation of, of Revelation. Uh, Satan factors in here, certainly, the Antichrist, the beast, uh, all having a role in this. You know, they're, uh, they're continuing their rebellion as far as they're concerned. But Lord, of course, is using them uh, along the way here. We, we understand that. That's the great irony uh, in all of that. Um, but we'll see here uh, this morning, I believe, things the Lord would have us to uh, be reminded of and to understanding as the, as the clock sort of continues uh, in, in the passages to come. So uh, let's look at the first couple of verses here. The, 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 pic, the history uh, of Israel uh, pictured as a woman. Uh, there appeared uh, a great wonder in heaven, uh, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown uh, of 12 stars, and she being with child uh, cried, uh, travailing in... Uh, birth uh, and pained uh, to be delivered. Now, uh, there's a temptation uh, amongst some to view the woman as uh, Mary. There, there might be an allusion to her here uh, with regard to the, the birth of, of Christ, but uh, I think we do better to understand the, the woman here. Mike, this is poetic language. The Lord of course, is a wonderful poet. We've seen that. We think of the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, the book of Job, the great poetry books. Uh, Lord has uh, established himself and proven himself uh, uh, an amazing and, and wonderful poet. So I think instead of seeing Mary and the woman clothed with the sun, this, this would very evidently be uh, more uh, better viewed as an allusion to, to Israel uh, the nation. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. That how many, how many uh, tribes of Israel uh, were there, are there? Uh, 12. And who are they, by the way? They're the sons of whom? Jacob, right? The, so the sons of Jacob become the, uh, the fathers, the progenitors of, of the 12 tribes who, who become the nation of, of Israel. By the way, the Lord changed Jacob's name. Uh, what, did, what did he change it to? Israel. So, okay. Uh, so there's 12 here, 12 stars. Lord has used stars in a variety of different ways. And uh, we see him to continue to kind of repurpose that language uh, very poetically uh, throughout the book. So probably a reference to the, the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, and the ultimate purpose of Israel to bring forth Christ the Messiah uh, pictured, I, I believe, here in verse 2. And she being with child cried, uh, travailing in birth and, and, and pain to be delivered. And I know, Mike, I've over the years, I've heard a lot of different descriptions um, of this language. Uh, some will say this is the sort of birth pangs of, of the tribulation. 
uh, as labor uh, begins relatively easy and then gets more difficult and the pangs come closer together, perhaps this is an allusion poetically to the uh, tribulations that the Lord is pouring out across the timeline uh, of the book of Revelation. Uh, I think that's a, that's a possibility, but I, I think we do better um, to just see this. Uh, so if you understand verse 1 is an allusion to the nation of Israel, uh, verse 2 perhaps uh, alludes to the, the coming of Christ uh, through the nation of Israel, having been uh, birthed uh, by uh, the nation. Uh, uh, there, therein is, a, is an allusion perhaps to Mary, but um, on, only therein. Uh, she being with child cried, traveling birth, and, and pained, uh, to be uh, delivered. So sure enough, Jesus came uh, from the nation uh, that the Lord chose and assembled and Brother Ray used uh, to bring forth uh, Christ, uh, ultimately to be uh, the people to be placed into the land uh, promised by uh, the Lord to uh, Abraham. So I think this is uh, probably uh, the best way to understand um, this, this passage. Um, Matthew 24, we, we won't go there, but uh, Matthew 24 uh, uses language, uh, also uses she uh, as a reference to Israel fleeing into the wilderness. Uh, there the she is obviously Israel. So we could spend some time comparing scripture with scripture and kind of developing uh, that point. But uh, she does seem to be a poetic reference to Israel. Um, uh, so there, there's a, a great wonder in, in heaven. So John sees this uh, vision of, of the nation coming into existence uh, and Christ being the one who comes down through and out of the nation uh, as its ultimate purpose. And then in verse 3, he says, there appeared another wonder uh, in heaven, and behold, a what? A great red uh, dragon uh, having seven heads uh, and ten horns uh, and seven crowns uh, upon uh, his, his heads, uh, multiple heads here. And so there's, there's a little bit of difficulty here, but uh, a great red dragon, we, we look at that and say, well, okay, that's probably... Uh, an allusion here uh, to Satan, uh, the, the one who rebelled and, and was expelled um, as a result of that, uh, a great red dragon. But then there's seven, horn, uh, seven heads uh, and ten horns uh, and seven crowns upon his heads. Let me read uh, to you. I think Dr. Sorensen handles this well. Uh, just read a little bit of what he has to say. He says seven heads... Uh, and ten horns and, and seven crowns point to the devil's uh, end-time kingdom over which uh, the Antichrist will sit. So uh, we understand that the Antichrist will be revealed evidently during uh, the tribulation period. He appears, Mike, to be a man uh, who is empowered uh, by the enemy uh, to accomplish the enemy's purposes for, for a time. We know the Lord is allowing that for his purposes, and, and therein is the irony uh, again. Dr. Sorensen continues, this, is, uh, this language uh, is the revived Roman Empire that's described in Daniel 7. 
The fourth beast that Daniel saw was the Roman Empire. So you recall Daniel uh, prophesied the great empires of the world uh, that would come after Babylon. Uh, and of course, uh, he prophesied the, the Roman Empire. So Zach, we had the Babylonian Empire, we had the Medo-Persian Empire, we had the Greeks, we had the, the Roman Empire. Of course, there's the Millennial Kingdom of Christ. Uh, that's prophesied as well. Uh, but do understand this uh, language has been often interpreted as a reference to uh, a revival, a reconstitution, if you will, uh, of the old Roman Empire that Daniel had prophesied. So uh, going into the tribulation period, there seems to be, a, Brother Ray, a, uh, a world power that is an uh, amalgamation or, or reconstitution of the nation's uh, of the old Roman Empire. Uh, I think this is probably a very good understanding um, of this language. Uh, over the years, people have looked for that, and possibly even today, we see that being fulfilled in the uh, European Union, uh, headquartered in, in Brussels uh, in, in Europe today. So we have a great deal of economic cooperation against many of the European uh, powers today that would uh, be a large portion of the old Roman Empire. And so uh, I don't know that we could say for certain that the European Union is the fulfillment of the Ten Horns necessarily, but probably does at least set the stage for that to be fulfilled uh, during uh, the tribulation period. Uh, Dr. Sorensen says the fourth beast that Daniel saw was the Roman Empire, and out of it will come the little horn, which is the Antichrist, uh, who will pluck up three of the first ten horns. The revived Roman Empire will be composed of ten horns or kingdoms, uh, and the Antichrist will overthrow three of these as he comes uh, to power. So, sure, this is, this is difficult, and there's, there's a bit of conjecture here as we try to understand. Uh, he has seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns uh, upon his head. So there's uh, three, uh, 10 minus three is seven. That's kind of how Dr. Sorensen gets there. And certainly that's not his original um, idea. That's a, a fairly common way to understand uh, that language. So uh, some conjecture here as we try to, uh, try to understand. Um, so there's, there's Satan, uh, no doubt, who's pictured here. Uh, a wonder in heaven, a great red dragon, seven heads and 10 horns, seven crowns, uh, upon his head, uh, the presence of Satan and his action uh, that will be um, seen as we, as we move further into or across the timeline. Uh, verse 4 uh, probably is describing the, that sort of original rebellion of Satan. His tail uh, drew the third part of the stars of heaven uh, and did cast them to earth. Uh, and so we understand that Satan did rebel against the Lord in heaven. Uh, he was a beautiful angel, uh, had great musical ability. Uh, no doubt he continues to attempt to influence uh, the music of the world today. It's been used um, by him, no doubt, to accomplish uh, many of his purposes. Uh, but his, by, by his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. So understand that as he rebelled, uh, he drew uh, a portion, a third of the angels, Brother Ray, uh, into his rebellion. 
they were ultimately um, expelled from heaven. We, we understand this. Uh, the angels here are called what, Zach? Uh, the third part of the stars of, of heaven. So a variety of places uh, in scripture where the, the angels are referred to as, uh, as stars. And I'll just say this, um, it's you know, generally understood to be poetic language, but uh, I think there's at least the possibility, Brother Ray, that, that that language is to be understood more literally. Uh, it would certainly be wonderful if when we get to heaven, uh, we learn that the stars in the sky at night are literal angels. I think, I think that's a, I don't know if that sounds bizarre or crazy to you. I, I'm not saying that that is necessarily the case, but I think that's at least a possibility worthy, uh, worthy of consideration. Uh, the angels are called morning stars. They're, they're called stars here. Uh, it's at least a possibility worthy of consideration. Not necessarily the case, but an interesting possibility. Uh, his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, did cast them to the earth. Uh, the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to uh, devour uh, her child uh, as soon uh, as it was born. Uh, so um, her is Israel, the child that she brought forth uh, through Mary and Joseph uh, is, of course, Christ. Uh, would Satan have known when Christ was coming? Would he have known? How would he have known? He knows the Bible, right, absolutely. Just, just as the, the wise men uh, were watching and waiting, they, they knew the scriptures. Uh, they, they were wise in the scriptures. They knew that uh, the, the time had come to be watching. Uh, and uh, Satan, of course, knew the same. Uh, as Brother Gary said, he, he knew the scripture. Uh, he knew the scripture prophesied the, the time, uh, the place, uh, his lineage, um, all of that. And so... Uh, the Bible says here that uh, the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour uh, her child. Yeah, he, he was watching uh, and waiting uh, just as the wise men and others uh, were watching uh, and waiting. When Christ came into the world, um, his desire, Brother Ray, was no doubt first and foremost to kill uh, the Christ child, right? The, the baby Christ. Uh, do you suppose he had any influence in, in Herod's proclamation that all the male children uh, under the age of two were to be killed? Do you suppose, I, I, you know, I suspect he probably did. He was watching and waiting. Mike, he had some time to hatch a plan uh, to try to uh, thwart uh, the ministry of Christ, uh, his entire earthly ministry, but most certainly including the cross. Uh, sure, this would be... Uh, the ongoing rebellion, uh, rebellious desire of Satan to thwart the plan of salvation. So I think uh, all of this is alluded to here. Uh, he was watching, ready, waiting for Christ to be delivered for to devour uh, her child as soon as it was born. I think it's very likely that that's an allusion to the, the plan that Herod uh, had to deal with this uh, problem. Uh, probably not a, a plan of Herod's own invention. Um, see here uh, in verse 5 that uh, the nation did bring forth a, a Messiah uh, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Verse 5, she uh, brought forth a man-child. So 
uh, sure enough, this, this is the prophesied Messiah who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron uh, and her child was caught up unto God uh, and to his throne. And so, uh, sure, you have the, the history of, of Israel being uh, uh, alluded to here, rehearsed uh, the uh, attempt of Satan, uh, of course, to thwart uh, the ministry of Christ. Uh, but Christ coming nonetheless, uh, the Lord's will was accomplished in the coming of Christ, uh, will be accomplished uh, in the future as he rules all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught unto God and, and to his throne. So, Gary, that's one of those verses that has some difficulty that uh, sort of encapsulates the difficulty of this chapter, right? Because the, the, the timing in that verse seems to shift around, right? I don't believe the language of verse 5 is chronological. It's all, it all points to uh, different points in the life and ministry of Christ, but doesn't seem to be um, in order. So look at verse 5. She brought forth a man-child. Sure enough, Israel brought forth uh, Christ, uh, he, was, he came uh, by a virgin, Mary, uh, he, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Zach, has he done that yet? Has he? No, but will he? So that's still future, right? He came in the past. Uh, he will rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's in the future, uh, after the rapture, uh, after his second coming. Sure enough, he will rule that way uh, in the future. Uh, but that says this, um, end of verse five, her child was caught up unto God uh, and to his throne. Uh, I don't think that's future. That, that sounds to me more like something that happened in the past. What was that, Gary? When was Christ caught up to the throne room of heaven? Well, could could be that, but I, I understand this is probably more likely an allusion to his ascension. That, that's how I understand it, at least. Uh, he was caught up unto God and, and to his throne. Uh, Acts 1.9, uh, Jesus had spoken these things. When, when beheld, he was taken up. A cloud received him uh, out of their sight. He, ascended, he, was, he was born with the body, ministered, uh, died bodily, was buried, rose again bodily, ascended bodily. Uh, up to heaven where he is now interceding for us even in this very uh, moment. And so it's interesting chapter. The, it's all true, forgive me, verse, uh, all true. We can associate all of that with other portions of scripture, uh, but the, the doesn't seem to be organized uh, by, by time uh, in verse 5. Uh, there's, there's themes and truth, but not chronological. So uh, this chapter kind of moves around a little bit like that verse. Uh, let's continue on. Uh, so you have here, the, in, in a sense, the history uh, and future kind of poking in here. Um, the, so past history of Israel, uh, past history of Satan, the coming of the Messiah, uh, verse 6 and beyond does seem to deal with the uh, tribulation period. Uh, Zach, is there something missing between the, the coming of Christ, uh, the ascension of Christ, uh, and the tribulation period? Yeah, the church age is not, not here. 
it's very interesting because um, you see that, um, you kind of look back to the prophets, right? The prophets don't really seem to see the church age either, right? They, uh, they see the coming of the Messiah. Uh, they see uh, the millennial reign of Christ. Um, they see a uh, tribulation period, perhaps. I think we can make that case, but uh, the, the Old Testament prophets don't, don't seem to see uh, the church age. Very often, the, that's been pictured as sort of a prophet standing on a mountaintop uh, looking across time prophetically, he sees the next mountaintop and the things that are there uh, sort of on a timeline, but doesn't really see the valley uh, of the timeline, which is the church age. And it's just very interesting. Uh, I wonder if, uh, if you have a, a thought as to why that might be. Uh, why, why is it, do you suppose, that the, the church age does not seem to be very clearly prophesied uh, in the Old Testament. Do you have a thought about that? Churches are people. We are an assembly called out for sure. That, that, that's true. I would agree with that. Church, church is not the building. It's, it's people uh, called to assemble by the Lord. That said, certainly the New Testament uh, portrays uh, this time uh, God using assemblies of people to accomplish his purposes. That's very clear. Uh, it's, it's very clear in the New Testament that, Mike, it's the Lord's plan to use assemblies of people um, at this time. And yet the prophet, Old Testament prophets really didn't seem to see that. Uh, I don't know, Zach, but I, I rather suspect the, the, if there's a, a reason that is the, you know, the correct reason, uh, perhaps the idea is that when Christ came uh, the first time, he offered his kingdom, didn't he? Uh, he offered his kingdom to the Jews at that point in time uh, it was rejected. <laughs> it, it was rejected. Uh, but certainly the Lord could have ushered in his kingdom when he came uh, the first time. And so, and so perhaps that's, that might be the reason. No doubt, Mike, by the time we get to the New Testament, it's clear that there's going to be a space of time between the ascension of Christ and the, and the return of Christ and the millennial kingdom that will follow. Uh, and that at this point in which we're living now, the Lord is using his assemblies like Long Hill Baptist Church uh, to accomplish his purpose. Anyway, verse six, the woman Israel fled into the wilderness where she has uh, half a place prepared of God uh, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score uh, days. Uh, okay, so if we understand correctly, the woman is Israel. Uh, fleeing into the wilderness, uh, 2,303 score days, forgive me, 1,000, 8,000, 8,000, uh, 1,203 score days. That's 1,260 days. Uh, Rich, that's 42 months um, or uh, three and a half years. And so this, this seems to kind of sort of pick up the, the timeline again for, for a moment at least. 
Um, so we're at the halfway point of the tribulation, seems to be what the Lord uh, is telling us here. So um, sort of moving across the timeline again, uh, and we're at the halfway point, tribulation period is seven years, we understand that, Daniel's uh, 70th week. Uh, tribulation, uh, tribulation uh, halfway into the tribulation be three and a half years. Um, Turn over to Matthew 24 just for a moment. Let's, let's go back there. Of course, Matthew 24 is eschatological, deals with uh, some of the very same things um, as does the book of Revelation. Uh, Christ himself taught uh, some of these uh, very same things. Uh, Matthew 24, 15, let, let's pick it up there. Um, Matthew 24, 15, when, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation uh, spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So we understand that to be the Antichrist going into the tribulation temple, essentially proclaiming himself as God demanding to be worshiped. Verse 16 says, then let them which be in, in Judea flee into the mountains, uh, flee away. Flee, flee away from that for safety. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to be, uh, take anything uh, out of his house. Neither uh, let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe unto them that are with child, so forth. Uh, verse 20, but pray uh, ye that your flight be not in winter. That would make it more challenging. Verse 21, then shall be great tribulation, uh, such as what not, was not since the beginning of the world uh, to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So, sure, this, this all seems to be consistent with the same period of time. First, three and a half years, the tribulation period, the Antichrist has offered a, a false peace. Yes, there's been some war, but he's offered a false peace. Um, but then he, re he reveals uh, essentially who he is, uh, one who demands to be worshipped, uh, enters into the tribulation uh, temple, uh, and the, the Jewish remnant, Zach, those who've been saved uh, in the tribulation period, uh, are instructed to flee away from him, uh, to go you know, essentially uh, into hiding uh, because that which is coming is going to be far worse than that which has been up to this point. So uh, it's, it's the second portion, the second half of the tribulation period, uh, which might technically be called the Great Tribulation, taking that from verse 21 whole period is tribulation period, but the, uh, the most difficult portion, verse 21, the second half, uh, which begins uh, at this point, uh, would be the great, the great tribulation. And so uh, verse six would seem to be consistent with Matthew 24, 15, uh, down through 21. Uh, now let's pick it up back in our passage here. Verse seven uh, through 11 deals with Satan again. So uh, the, the timeline is sort of bouncing uh, around a bit. Um, Dr. Strauss says this. Let, let me read a quick quote from him. He says, although Satan lost his position in heaven with his initial sin, uh, he will not lose his place uh, until the midpoint of the tribulation when, quote, he does not prevail against Michael. Those in heaven will rejoice that salvation will be completed since the accuser uh, is expulsed or expelled. So 
Uh, see verse 7, there was a war in heaven. Uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, uh, Satan. The dragon fought with his angels uh, and prevailed not. Uh, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Uh, and the great dragon was cast out, Satan, uh, that old serpent. So he's called dragon twice here. Uh, that he's called uh, that old serpent. Uh, he's called the devil. Uh, he's called Satan, uh, all the same person, we believe, uh, which deceiveth the whole world. Uh, he was cast out into the earth, uh, and his angels uh, were cast out with him. And so, sure, we understand uh, that, is, that is the case, and uh, they, they war uh, against um, God's people for a time in, in this present day. Uh, but not forever. Uh, verse 10, John writes, I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God uh, and the power of his Christ. Uh, for the accuser of our brethren, Satan, is cast down, uh, which accused them before our God uh, day and night. Verse 11, these, um, uh, well, let's read it. They and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and by the word of their testimony, uh, and they loved not their lives uh, unto death. So uh, verse 11 was seen to be uh, an allusion to um, those Jewish overcomers of the tribulation period. Uh, they're saved. Uh, they overcome the enemy uh, by the blood of the Lamb. They, they come to Christ, Mike, trusting uh, in his blood that was shed to cover our sins, just as we've been saved uh, by the word of their testimony, they love not their lives uh, upon uh, the earth. And so, uh, very interesting. Uh, let's go a little bit further here. So verses 12 through 17 uh, seem to paint out uh, persecution, uh, trials, difficulty, uh, that is, um, in a sense, at least, authored by Satan uh, during this final part of the uh, tribulation period, likely targeting especially uh, this remnant of saved Jewish people, those uh, Jews who are saved during the tribulation. Uh, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil uh, is come down unto you, having great wrath, uh, because he knoweth that he hath uh, but a short time. Certainly, that is true. Verse 13, when the devil, uh, sorry, when the dragon saw that he was cast uh, unto the earth, he persecuted the woman uh, which brought forth the man-child, uh, the nation of Israel. Um, verse 13, 14, forgive me, and to the woman uh, were given two wings. Very interesting uh, very interesting. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. So there again, that's, that's consistent with the language, uh, the teaching of Christ back in, in Matthew. Uh, you get to this point in the tribulation, you need to flee away from, uh, I, think, I think it's quite literal, flee, flee out of Jerusalem, flee away from uh, the Antichrist. And so uh, verse 14 is... Uh, seems to be picturing 
the Lord supernaturally protecting his people, uh, those who are saved, uh, some will be supernaturally protected by the Lord uh, during this second half of the tribulation period, uh, what Lord labels as the great tribulation. Uh, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, uh, into her place where she is nourished, uh, protected and provided for by the Lord for a time uh, and times and half a time uh, from the face of the serpent. Um, so let's talk about that, that language, last half of that, last portion of the verse uh, for a moment. One man writes, a time is a year, times are two years, half a time is half a year. The same description of this three and a half year period is given in Daniel 7 uh, and Daniel 11. Let me just read Daniel 7 and verse 25. There Daniel prophesied, he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, uh, Satan. Think to change times and laws. They shall be given uh, into his hand until a time and times uh, and the dividing of time. And so we do our best to understand that. Think this is uh, that the idea that this is adding up to three and a half years would be consistent with uh, this being the second half uh, of the tribulation period. In any event, verse 14 uh, seems to be picturing uh, a promise the Lord will uh, protect and provide for uh, his people during uh, this time. Uh, this, this Jewish remnant, second half of tribulation period, uh, will obey the Lord and, and be provided for uh, and be protected by the Lord. Verse 15, uh, the serpent cast out of his mouth water uh, as a flood after the woman uh, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Uh, and the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, uh, which the dragon cast out of uh, his mouth. That's, that's certainly interesting. Um, you know, there's been different efforts to understand verses 15 and 16, but uh, Zach, think, you know, it, it could be understood as the, uh, Satan's attempt uh, to, to kill these who are under the Lord's protection, uh, with some kind of literal supernatural flood, but the Lord prevents that. Uh, in verse 14, he's promised his protection uh, and his provision. Uh, in verse 15, Satan continues to war against God's people, uh, those who've been saved uh, during the tribulation. Uh, perhaps this is a literal flood that he uh, attempts to use to wipe away uh, the Lord's people, those who've been saved. The earth helped the woman. The earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. Somehow, uh, supernaturally, Brother Ray, I believe this is the Lord protecting people. So uh, whether verses 15 and 16 are literal or more figurative, uh, there's a battle. <laughs> the Satan is attempting to, uh, still attempting to kill those who have been saved, uh, and the Lord is intervening to uh, protect these um, at this time. Verse 17, the dragon was wroth with the woman, these who were saved, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, uh, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony uh, of Jesus Christ. And so, sure, 
uh, he continues his battle for as long as uh, the Lord will allow. Is this a difficult chapter? It is. It's a difficult chapter. Um, there is a, certainly a picture of great difficulty uh, during this time. Uh, a supernatural battle between uh, Satan, who's been expelled from heaven to wage war against God's people, uh, but the Lord stepping in and saying, hey, um, I will provide for uh, you. I, I will protect uh, this uh, second half of the chapter most certainly is looking at the second half of the tribulation uh, and promises that the Lord makes. Brother Ray, I think we could say it this way, to those who are obedient to Christ's command uh, there in Matthew. He says, flee, uh, go, don't, don't stay, but go. And to those who obey him, he blesses with his provision um, and his protection. There's, of course, there's Mike, uh, uh, Mike <laughs> Rich, uh, uh, a principle there for us as well. As we obey the Lord today, he blesses us with various blessings today. His provision, his protection, various blessings uh, today. We better stop there. Father, thank you, Lord, this morning for uh, this chapter. It does challenge us, but that's okay. Uh, Lord, there's certainly more that we could bring out, and uh, no doubt our understanding can be grown even more. Uh, but Father, we, um, we certainly see and understand uh, some portions of this chapter, at least, and we, we thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we understand, uh, and we thank you this morning that uh, those of us who know Christ today need not be concerned uh, that we will experience uh, the tribulation. Lord, I believe we understand that correctly from your word. We thank you uh, for that. We'll not need to be concerned with all of the uh, challenges and, and trials of, of the great tribulation. Father, I thank you this morning that um, no doubt as you have uh, shown uh, prophesied and, and promised many Jewish people will be saved. And Lord, they will open these scriptures and understand uh, what Christ wrote in Matthew 24 and what is re revealed to John uh, here in this passage. And Lord, they will uh, take up obedience uh, to these words. And as they do, you will bless them with your supernatural provision and, and your supernatural uh, protection. Uh, Lord, I don't know, but perhaps uh, the, the individuals who are pictured here are, are those who will survive and who will walk right into uh, the millennial reign of Christ. Father, I thank you this morning that um, while we have questions and struggle with some difficulties in the book of Revelation, we, we certainly understand uh, the plain teaching of Scripture regarding the millennium. Lord, we thank you for the certain hope of all the blessings of the millennium and the new heaven and new earth to follow, the new Jerusalem. Lord, our final eternal dwelling place, a perfect place with the perfect Savior uh, for all of eternity. Lord, I thank you this morning that that is our certain hope. Father, we look across the world today, we see trials and tribulations and uh, great unrest. Uh, Lord, we, we understand that um, things will get far more challenging before they get better. 
but we have a certain hope, and we thank you for it. Lord, I've said uh, this week I would not be surprised. We should not be surprised if, if the rapture were to happen today. Lord, we, we should not be, certainly. Father, I pray that you give us a heart that it would be today. Lord, that you give us a heart to be found uh, yielded to you and obedient to you, uh, that uh, we might be found pleasing unto Christ uh, at the rapture. Lord, thank you so much that the cross uh, makes possible uh, our rapture, our resurrection uh, unto incorruptibility before these, these events, these trials, these challenges of the book of Revelation. Father, thank you. Lord, we love you. Pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for being here this morning. Um, thankfully, uh, in the next hour, uh, the passage is far less difficult, <laughs> far less difficult. So uh, we've wrestled with difficult things in this hour. Uh, it's uh, the next hour will be easier, easier to understand at least. Okay, we'll see you back here shortly. <laughs>